And when you're not sleeping well and you're not sleeping enough, it affects your mood, it affects your relationships, it affects your work, it affects your ability to regulate your emotions, it affects the foods that you eat and your willpower, it affects your workouts. So it's all encompassing. This is the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, where we equip and empower leaders like you to thrive in and create harmony between your professional and personal lives. I'm your host, Bethany Reese. And in today's episode, we're talking with Dr. Naomi Hall about how to manage stress and prevent burnout. Now, Dr. Naomi Hall is a veteran educator with 20 years of experience, ranging from classroom teacher to district administrator. She has personally experienced burnout and helps educators from a place of understanding. She uses practical steps to help educators build effective stress management habits. That's important, habits. And her goal is to bring hope and help to stressed out and overwhelmed educators. Because guys, no matter what industry you're in, you can come back from stress and burnout and stay in the career you've been called to. So Dr. Naomi firmly believes what administrators or leaders in this case help their staff they help everybody else, like administrators with their students and coworkers with their families. So welcome to the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, Dr. Naomi. We are so happy to have you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Man, well, your specialty is really helping people recover from the effects of stress and burnout. And Lord knows it doesn't matter what industry you work in, right? Because we have leaders from every industry out there. The, the fact is we're all stressed and we need that kind of help. So thank you for the work you're doing. We're really excited about that. Um, but I kind of want to start this up. Ep- I want to start this episode by saying, I know you're going to share all these amazing, you know, wisdom on stress management and the habits that we can develop, but let's go back to the core of the issue. I, I read an article and it had facts in there from the Institute, the American Institute of Stress. And yes, apparently there's an Institute for everything. <laughs> But the American Institute of Stress said 83% of U.S. workers suffer from work-related stress. And, and this is an important and, 57% of these workers that are stressed feel paralyzed by their stress. Paralyzed. And, you know, I think people are breaching the, I can't even health state of mind. I can't even be present. I can't do my job. I can't be with my family. So I really want you to help us start at the beginning at the point of the problem. What's causing all this stress in our workplace? I think there's so many things. I think one major issue is boundaries and Mm. not establishing healthy boundaries. I think sometimes there's this thought that boundaries can be unkind or harsh. And I talk about this a lot in my trainings and with my clients. Uh, Boundaries are actually very healthy and they're very kind and loving when we communicate what our boundaries are. And I think sometimes we feel like in the workplace, we always have to say yes, because we want to perform. We want to advance. We want to be viewed favorably, but that's not healthy in any way to just always say yes. Because when we say yes to something, we're also saying no to something. So we have to make sure, and I can't remember who says this, but we have to choose our best yes. Of This is my purpose. This is in my wheelhouse. And sometimes we do things that are out of our wheelhouse, but this is a yes I can can say. Mm -hmm. And when I say no, I'm saying no to protect my best yes. 
to protect what I do best, what I need to do and the people I need to serve. Oh, that's Um, so good. So so a lot of times our yes in the workplace means a no to our family. Absolutely. And and so ultimately, you know, I interviewed uh, someone, a health expert, you know, about physical workout. And she said, you know, the workplace is just full of situations. It's how we respond to it. And I think you're hitting the nail on the head. We say yes to everything. And I read in uh, the book Effortless by Greg McKeon, and I love this phrase. It has really stuck with me. He said, burnout is not a badge of honor. But our society is making it a badge of honor. You know, how we get together and kind of vent if I'm so stressed and I have to do all these things. And what you're saying is we don't have to say yes to all those things. You know, there's a choice in the matter of this. And so really, are you saying that the problem of stress in the workplace is us? Like, we're the ones that are (laughs) allowing it to happen? Unfortunately, yeah. Like, some of it is our culture. Some of it is is your workplace culture. And some of it we just plain old do to ourselves mm-hmm. because we're not saying no, we're not establishing boundaries and we don't have a foundation. And literally, I, I say this everywhere. I don't teach anything earth shattering. I will not teach you the most amazing stress management techniques. I will teach you the foundation of stress management. I will teach you the habits that you need to have in place so that those fancy techniques actually work. (laughs) Yeah. So speaking of all those habits, you know, I know we're going to get to that in just a little bit later in the, in the show, but what can we do that's proactive? Um, There's, there's habits to be proactive. There's habits that we can build to help respond when things are getting out of control, when we feel everything piling on. But before we get into those habits, there's something that I've thought about a lot. And it's even a struggle I have in my personal life, the the knowing and the doing gap. Like I know how to be thin and be healthy, but I don't necessarily always choose, you know, <laughs> what I need to do to be healthy. So yeah. as we get into this, how can we really prep? What's the foundation for changing our behaviors that are so ingrained in us? You know, when I come home from a stressful day, I want a glass of wine or a bowl of queso. Queso is my love language. So how can we prepare our minds to, to, to stop that knowing doing gap? It's that's why habit formation is part of what I work on because you're right. We know what to do, but we haven't made it a habit. Mm -hmm. And so really we have to start small. And so many times we have this all or nothing mindset of like, all right, I'm going to work out and I'm going to drink my water and I'm going to sleep and I'm going to, you know, eat right. And then like one day in, you're like, forget this. I'm going for the queso and the chips and the wine and like binging Netflix because it's just too much. It's too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. So we really have to start small. So one of the things I actually, I do with my clients is it's called um, a deep health assessment. And so it goes through the six dimensions of your health because stress is so related to our health. And so it looks at, we'll see if I can actually name all six, um, your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, environmental, and existential health. And we look at those areas to see which ones are you doing well and which ones are you struggling in? Because anyone that you're struggling is going to affect your stress. And then we start small. What are the small changes that we can make that we can create a habit? And as we get success there, we can build upon it and get more and more success. So I think a lot of times we just try to do everything or do too much. And because we can't do that much, we do nothing. Mm -hmm. Oh man. You know, you are speaking to leaders right now because the reason we're leaders is we're really good at tasks. We're really good at seeing the problems and trying to tackle all the problems. 
And we can easily overwhelm ourselves, right? By trying to do it all. And I think the season leader says, yes, I see them all, but this one's going to make the biggest difference, you know? And that's where we're all trying to get to. So help us understand the first step. So we've got six areas, right? That we need to work through and stress affects them all. So as we look, how do we decide on the one? Yeah. So I, so we've got those six dimensions of your health. I focus on five foundations and my number one, like the one, if this is the only thing that you can work on, this will make the biggest difference is your sleep. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sleep is number one because it affects everything else. Mm-hmm. And I, I can tell you this week, I am running on very little sleep <laughs> and I feel it because I've worked really hard on my sleep and trying to get myself to at least seven hours of sleep a night. And I not been any, anywhere close this week, just mm-hmm. situations this week is all it is. Yeah. And you know, I was away this weekend and different things. Um, <clears throat> so I really noticed the difference. And when you're not sleeping well and you're not sleeping enough, it affects your mood. It affects your relationships. It affects your work. It affects your ability to regulate your emotions. It affects the foods that you eat and your willpower. It affects your workouts. So it's all encompassing. So if you can only focus on sleep, mm-hmm. that's where you need to need to work. You are so talking to me. Whenever I was at the height, right, in the pandemic, <laughs> stress and, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? To me, that was like the height of stress I've ever felt in my life. And I had insomnia so Mm -hmm. bad. I could not stop thinking about all the problems of what are we going to do here? What are we going to do here? Like, and I'm not an anxious person, Mm -hmm. but I was overcome with worry and anxiety about how are we going to flip education on its head and do something completely different? So if you're struggling, if you're out there struggling with insomnia because you're thinking of all the problems you're dealing with at work and, oh, I forgot to talk to that person, you know, that list is running through your head. How do we gain sleep? Even if I went to bed at, you know, nine o'clock um, to sleep to five o'clock, you know, I've planned it, but I'm not sleeping in the middle. What can we do with insomnia? Um, I recommend a couple of things. One is just don't lay there tossing and turning. And I know this seems so counterintuitive and I really struggle to do this when I have those nights, but mm-hmm. get up out of bed. And th- there are a couple different things you can do. One, I keep a notebook journal by my bed because sometimes, like you said, the, your mind just is spinning and you're having these conversations yeah. in your head and you're trying to figure out the problem and, and it just keeps going. You just can't slow it down. So just doing a brain dump in a journal, like no specific journal prompt, just writing out everything that is spinning and that act of taking something from your brain and writing it on paper actually helps close loops for your brain so that it it can relax and do what it needs to do. So like, just, it doesn't matter like punctuation, spelling, how it looks, any of that, just Mm -hmm. getting it out on paper. That can be really, really helpful and just help your brain to be like, okay, everything's fine. It's a, it's amazing. It's, it's literally called closing the loops. Like when you have a to-do list in your mind, even if you haven't done the things, just writing them down closes the loops for your brain so that your brain's like, okay, I can focus when I, on what I need to do now, instead of what I need to keep. That is so great. I've never thought about it that way as a loop, right? You know, think about electricity, you know, you got to close that circuit for things to work and all that energy is just sitting there and, and tossing and turning and over and over and over. You are so right. And I love the way you said that. Close that loop, guys. Write down 
what's going on in that mind of yours and get it out, close that loop so that you can rest better. All right. So now let's zoom out, right? We talked about, you said the number one thing we can do (laughs) is that small step is get enough sleep. So now let's talk about foundational preventative, right? So Mm -hmm. things beyond our control, we're not talking about that yet. We're not talking about how we're responding to stress. We're talking about what can we do before we step into that work day or, you know, start that new job or whatever. What can we do that's preventative to prevent the stress? Yeah. Number one, you need to be moving your body. So sleep, we got to get our sleep under control. Mm -hmm. You need to be moving your body. And so this is, again, one of those kind of counterintuitive things. Like I don't have, and I hear this from people regularly. I don't have time. I don't have room on my plate to add one more thing. I don't have 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. but the really cool thing with movement and, and I tend to talk about it as movement. You'll see me in my social media working out. You need to pick something you enjoy because that's what you're going to stick with. You need to move for 30 minutes. And the really cool thing about this is that 30 minutes, and I'll give you a concrete example of this, that 30 minutes of working out gives you an added about an hour of focus and productivity in your day. So, right. I'm like, can you, can you say that again? That's an important like statistic, 30 minutes of working out at you gain an hour of focus and productivity. Wow. That's awesome. Yes. So this weekend I traveled and I drove seven hours one way by myself. Um, So Saturday morning I got up, I didn't work out because I didn't want to get up any earlier. And I knew I'd be working out Sunday just because of what I was traveling for. So I got in the car, I drove, I stopped about every two hours on my way down. One of those, because like I drank a lot of water and coffee when I left. (laughs) I was like, goodness, I need the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Um, But I stopped about every two hours. My concern coming back was that I was driving back in the evening. It's nighttime. I am not sharp at night. Like eight o'clock, my mind is done. 930, I am out cold. Um, So I was like, all right, I'm leaving at four o'clock. I have a seven hour drive, minimum getting home at 11. So I was a little bit concerned about that drive. It's dark and by myself, but that day I worked out. I can tell you, I drove three and a half hours before my first stop no problem. Stopped, got gas, got food, got back in my car, had another three and a half hours to go and thought I might have to stop maybe an hour before I got home. I drove the entire next three and a half hours. No problem. No drowsiness. Got home. That was the difference between having a workout and not having a workout. Wow. That is a great example. (laughs) I was like, this is, this is the difference. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, we put it off. We just put it off. Exactly. Like you said, we don't have time. We let all of the unimportant non-essential things get in the way of our health, right? So sleep and working out and whatever that looks like to you, whether it's, you know, dancing or finding a video on YouTube, that's, that's my go-to. I just find free <laughs> videos on YouTube and use them. Um, yeah. so, so what's next after that, after our sleep and after taking care of our bodies, it's our nutrition. Um, and when you're sleeping, it's going to be easier to work out. Cause I can tell you <laughs> the other day because I do not have enough sleep. I think I got four and a half hours of sleep Sunday into Monday. I'm like, my workout was horrible. Like you are not going to crush your workouts if you're not sleeping. So when you're sleeping, your workout's going to be a better yeah. when you're sleeping, you're going to be able to manage your nutrition better. Um, so I, my background is education and you mentioned badges of honor and in education, we've gotten so that we run on little sleep. And we run on caffeine and carbs, mm-hmm. which like, this is so sad because when you're not getting enough sleep and you're running on caffeine and carbs, you are a roller coaster 
of emotions. You have these sugar spikes and crashes and we don't have to make nutrition complicated. Mm -hmm. We need to make sure that we're getting protein and that we're starting our day with a healthy breakfast. And, um, a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not hungry for breakfast. I'm like, I don't care if you're not hungry for breakfast, your <laughs> body and your mind need breakfast. And I can go into why you're not, but you need breakfast. Yes. Um, you, if you're going to be sharp and you're going to be serving well, you need to eat protein. You need to have some good, healthy carbs in there, some healthy fats, and then just think, eat the rainbow, like look for a variety of colors when it comes to fruits and vegetables. And you're not talking for- Skittles here, right? <laughs> Right, right. Yeah, no. I mean, I love my candy with the best, but I want you like looking for this good variety of colors. Mm. Explore and find if you're like, I hate vegetables, explore, find ones you do like. Start with the ones that you can yes. enjoy and try different ways of cooking them. And, you know, I try to give really simple nutrition, easy nutrition, and portable because when you're in leadership, you're like, you're always on the go. Yeah. So you need food. That is on the go. Hard boiled eggs, great protein to have on the go. Mm-hmm. Yogurt comes in portable containers. Cottage cheese comes in portable containers. Lunch meat, just look for the nitrate, nitrate free versions. So we can find good, healthy, portable nutrition. I was talking with a client the other day. She's like, I really struggle with snacks. She's like, but I love like veggies and hummus. I was like, okay, so what about grabbing a bag of baby carrots and a container of hummus to throw in the fridge at work? She's like, oh my goodness, I can do that. Yes. So it doesn't have to be high prep either. Mm-hmm. But Absolutely. You got to fuel your body and fuel your body throughout the day. Man, and all three of those things, the sleep, the physical care, the what we eat is like the first thing we toss. And that yeah. is the answer to how we have enough energy to step into hard situations. You know, think about it. If you're preparing for battle, all these, you know, marathon runners, they fuel their body. They know exactly what their body needs to go the distance that next day. And we are not doing that, you know, whether we can control the stress at work or not with our boundaries, or maybe we can, it's beyond our control, but we're still not doing a good job of prepping. So thank you for that advice. Is there anything else foundationally and preventatively that you would like to share with us before we move into, okay, Stuff's getting real. Now I got to respond. So is there anything um, else preventative? Yes. But I just want to touch on, you mentioned marathoners and that's such a great analogy because they fuel ahead of time, but then they also know throughout the race when they're going to fuel, mm-hmm. like they planned it out. They know when they're going to have their energy gel or gummies or whatever it is so they can make it through the entire race. They don't do, I mean, the fastest people are doing them under two hours. That's still a really long time and a lot of exertion. So they, yeah. I'm, I'm like, I can't even imagine. Not even <laughs> Good close. for you. I've done Good a for half everybody marathon and I'm not even close to that. <laughs> uh, so like they're planning out their fueling throughout that race. And we've got to do that planning is key with that nutrition of like, all right, what am I bringing and when am I doing it? So meal planning, meal prepping, planning when you're going to eat throughout the week. Yeah. Um, And we're not talking Snickers here, right? Like the Betty White commercials. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. We want to prevent you from getting hangry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So we want to, we want to sleep. We want to eat. We want to move our bodies. We also want to hydrate. You've got to be drinking your water. Um, So many of us are drinking coffee throughout the day, sugary drinks. Those sugary drinks just add to that 
roller coaster of spikes and crashes. And you're saying when you hit a crash, you're not responding well to anything that happens. So you've got to make sure that you're drinking your water and staying hydrated. So many of us are walking around dehydrated. Like, well, I'm not thirsty. Well, it's because mm-hmm. your body doesn't know what it's like to be hydrated. Yeah. Um, so find a water bottle you love. Um, one of the things that I do, so they recommend that you drink half your wa- body weight in ounces of water. So I find a water bottle that I love and it does take some experimentation because some of them are just crummy water bottles. Like they just don't work well. <laughs> So find one you love. And then I put hair ties around it for the number of times I need to refill it to hit my water goal. And so I just take one off every time I drain it. And when they're gone, I've had all my water for the day. That's awesome. So I just make tracking easy and it's going to help with like your brain function is when we're dehydrated, our brain isn't able to function at best. And we really get into Mm -hmm. some brain fog and slow thinking. So hydration is huge. That's awesome. Such great advice. You know, and I know a lot of people have smartwatches now, and I'm sure that they have apps that have, you know, different things where you can also click a button to keep up with all the hydration. That's such great advice. All I picture in my brain of you talking about that, the image I have is that my brain is slowly being shriveled, you know, because all of the water is coming out as a fog and I'm like, there's nothing left. Yeah, we're like turning our brains into raisins. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. All right, so preventative, you've given such great advice. So now let's step into, okay, the workplace is becoming really hard and it could be a toxic work environment. It could be working for a boss that's unrealistic. It could be, you know, a, a lot of things, but let's say the work environment, things beyond your control are happening. How can we respond so that we don't become burnout because burnout is uh, really, it's become quite the buzzword here lately. You know, I'm so burnt out. Um, so just talk to us a little bit about how we can prevent, uh, how we can respond first and then how we can prevent burnout. Yeah. A lot of this is, it comes down to mindset because you can look at two different people in the exact same stressful situation and one is thriving and one is overwhelmed and burnt out. The one who's thriving probably has those things that we just talked about locked mm-hmm. in so that they're able to respond better. And they probably also worked on their mindset that when things happen, they look at what's happening and um, some of it, you just are, able, you need to take yourself out of it for a minute and look at what's happening. And like you said, is this something that I have control over or is it something that's out of my control? If it's out of my control, I really do need to come to sort of a place of acceptance of this isn't something I can change. This Mm -hmm. isn't something I can control. So is complaining going to help? Is griping, venting, all of that? Is that going to change anything? Yeah. No, it's not. So what can I focus on that I can change? I can't change other people, but I can change me. And I can change my mindset and I can change how I respond. And so some of it kind of falls back into that preventive side of things of, I call it ditching the negativity because we just live in this negative culture. We have negative input all the time and we have a negative voice in our heads that's talking to us all the time. So I encourage stop watching the news. Stop reading the news. Um, Honestly, I don't watch, read, listen to the news. And you know what? I know what important things are going on because Mm -hmm. people tell me. Um, And 
I do just fine. And and I, I have had to get comfortable with like, I don't know what you're talking about. Fill me in, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, because there news is all negative. Like we mm-hmm. don't see positive things in the news. Curate your social media. You can hide, block, silence people that are not fueling you appropriately, that send you into that negative world, that sends you into a spiral of mm-hmm. comparison. Hide them curate your social media. So it's what you need it to be and limit your time on social media, curate your circle of people of who you're surrounding yourself with. It's really easy at work to get drawn into that circle of complaining and venting, Mm -hmm. um, in education circles, it's the teacher's room. And honestly, I spent as little time there as I could because I didn't want to be part of those conversations. Yeah. I was careful who I spent my time with because the people that you're around affect, how, we become like the, what yeah. our five closest people. So I was like, all right, I need to make sure that those five people are people that I want to be like, that I see things in them that I want to emulate, that I want to be influenced by. And if they're not like that, it's not that I cut them off from my life. Mm-hmm. I limit the influence they have in my life. Yeah. So those pieces you've really got to work on. And then the negativity in your own head of, I, I give it a name because like there's a voice in all of our heads and it, it does have a voice and a tone and it's not always our voice. <clears throat> it's usually somebody from our past and you can put their name to it if you want just pick a name. Cause it just lightens it a little bit. I'm like, listen, Felicia, we're not doing this today. <laughs> this is what we're doing. And I, you have to stop that negative spiral and turn yourself around. That's so good. Some of the things that in, in all of that advice, one, the principle that you're hitting on is trash in trash out, right? If you are consuming negativity, that is what's going to be inside of you that's in your head. And that's also what's going to come out of your mouth. Right. So that the old adage trash in trash out applies there. But going back to asking the question, what can we control? We try to control too much, right? We we struggle with image management. Everything is a reflection mm-hmm. of me. I need to control everything. And we we can't. That's not what we're made for um, is, is that level of control. So releasing that and allowing it to happen. So that that is such great advice. You know, I've got to learn how to turn down all those dials. And a lot of it is curating, you know, you have choice. Like that's one of the things you've been talking about. We have choice in, in how we, you know, take care of our bodies and how we sleep and what we eat. We have choice in what we consume. So such great advice. Um, I want to turn from, we've talked about preventative. We've talked about what we can do amongst the negativity at work, right? Remove ourselves from it. It's mindset. It's all of those things. But now let's talk about as leaders, <laughs> Let's be honest for a minute. A lot of stress can actually be caused by the leader. And guys, if you're listening and you're wanting to step into leadership or you are a leader, you could be part of the problem. So <laughs> thinking about all of that, how do we set the example? One, we know we need to grow in our leadership to become better leaders, but how can we set the example in stress management, in caring for ourselves and showing that to our staff and helping with, with those work boundaries and things that you were talking about. So give us insights as leaders. How can we set the example in stress management? Yeah, you've got to be doing those things that we just talked about. And you're not, none of us are perfect at those things. Like I told you, I have not been getting sleep this week just due to different situations. But you need to set the example for your staff of, I'm taking care of myself. Here's how I'm taking care of myself. And I'm checking in on you 
to make sure that you're taking care of yourself. So I have a coach under me who I checked in on this week because I know she has a lot of stress going on. And I was like, we talked, I talked with her about a couple different things. And I was like, more importantly, are you taking care of you? Are you doing the things to make sure that you're at your best to serve the people that you're serving? So it's set the example, but then check in on your staff of, Hey, did you grab lunch today? Did, you know, you, you've seemed a little bit off. Are you getting sleep? Mm-hmm. Like it's not prying. It's I care about you. And I know these things are important for you to function at your best. I know these things help me. Are you doing those, those things? Are you managing your mindset? Are you, are you moving your body? Like go right. take a walk, <laughs> like get out of the <laughs> building for a minute and go take a walk, get some sunshine, you know? And it's the, it's the checking in on Friday afternoon, walking by offices, classrooms, whatever it is, cubicles and saying, Hey, hope you're out of here soon. I hope you're not at your desk when I walk by next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of, like the work will be there Monday. <laughs> yeah. Of like, you need to get out of here because you mm-hmm. have a family. I will be leaving and I expect that you are leaving as well. Yeah. So kind of setting those expectations for your staff of there are boundaries and I expect that you are taking care of yourself and your family Yeah. because, and I, I know we're talking to leaders here and this applies to leaders and this applies to your staff. All of us are replaceable in our jobs, but we are not replaceable in our families. Oh, so oh preach. I need you to say that one more time. Family. Say that you again. You are replaceable in your job, but you are not replaceable in your family. Oh, and I, because story. I'm a single woman telling you this, it applies to the single people too. do not take advantage of the single staff members that you have. Mm-hmm. They need to be present for their families as well. Yeah. Um, just because someone, and I've been single my whole career. So this, like, I feel passionately about this single people are not less busy because they don't have spouses and children. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so true. Thanks. Such a true statement. And and so often we can, and, you know, considering this, we live in just email has run rampant. People are sending and checking email at all hours of the night. And that has been one of my pet peeves as a leader. I'm like, I'm not going to email you at 10 o'clock at night because you know what that shows? The expectation that you read it and that you see that I'm working at 10 p.m. that you should be working at 10 p.m. too. Um, now, depending on schedules, I'm not saying this is black and white and always a clear line. There may be sometimes a situation going on. I need to respond. But there's options there. I can schedule it to go out at 8 a.m. the next day, or I can respond and say, I do not expect you to be reading this at this night, but I wanted to give you an update so you have it first thing in the morning, you know, or whatever that is. So it's not clear black and white, but for the most part, leaders, you're setting that tone of what is accepted in the workplace, what is expected in the workplace. And so the boundaries thing kind of starts with you. But I want to be clear about something else, too, because I've also seen this happen where a leader um, or boss will leave at five o'clock and everybody else is staying late. They're like, how can he go home and all that negativity? But what you said is very proactive in walking in and saying, guys, I'm leaving and, you know, it's time for you to start your weekend as well. Like we will come back to this on Monday or something like not just you doing it. You got to model it, but you also got to say it. And encourage it and check in on them. So I love everything you said. And I love what you brought up about the email of use that schedule function. Even if you are, like you said, working at 10 o'clock at night, if you send it, then 
you're setting an expectation. So you use the schedule function, or like you said, Hey, I don't expect you to do anything with this right now. I just needed to get it out. So that you had it. Um, there's one other thing that I highly recommend across the board for institutions is a 24 hour policy internally and externally. And that's, I will respond to any email within 24 hours. And as a leader, you express that to your staff of, I don't expect you to respond to me any sooner than 24 hours, Mm -hmm. unless I have said otherwise. That takes pressure off on that email response of, I don't need to worry about getting to it right now. I can read it and respond. Yeah, I Some things like I'll read and then I mark them unread so I know I need to go back to them so I don't miss them. Um, But that 24-hour rule takes off the pressure of immediate response. It takes away the emotional response, which can really get us into trouble uh, because we respond emotionally rather than logically. And we, you know, you need a balance of that. But responding in the heat of emotion is never, never good. So that 24-hour response time allows your staff to be like, okay, I have time to think through this answer and get it back to them. It allows people outside your organization to know, okay, I don't, I don't have to sit here waiting for their response immediately. Mm -hmm. I know that within 24 hours, they will get back to me. And you just make that a clear communication of Mm -hmm. this is a policy that we have implemented within our organization that we will respond to any messages within 24 hours. And I I discussed this with an administrator, 24 business hours, because you need weekends too. And then, and you let them know if there is an emergency, do this so that they know, okay, there is an option if there's an emergency, but most of the time it's not an emergency. It can wait until Monday. It can wait until tomorrow morning. So I highly recommend the 24 hour policy. So good. We've created this like cultural monster of instantaneous everything. I want it and I want it now. And education is one place for those of of you that have not stepped on a campus lately, because it's like the hub of society, right? You got children, you got uh, parents, then you have, you know, businesses and everything, right? That are receiving the graduates. Whenever you step onto a campus, you can see the shifts in culture. And right now we have a very short tempered culture because they want everything and they want it now (laughs) and they will show up and they will yell and they will scream and they will cuss. And again, this is not everyone, but there's still that feeling. And so it is okay as leaders to fight that culture, but you got to be proactive and everything you just said is so spot on. You got to be proactive in it. You know, don't have a 24 hour policy, not tell anybody about it. That does no good. (laughs) Be proactive in your communication of it Um, and then help fight back to to establish some healthy boundaries with work, um, the email on the phones. You know, the expectation is, you know, you don't have to check your email on the weekend. We don't work. Now, if you work in an industry that requires 24 hour communication, it's different. So obviously take this advice for your specific industry. But most of us don't work in a in an industry where we have to check email 24 seven, if, if something was that important, I would call you. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, Dr. Name, uh, this is such great advice. Um, thinking about everything you've given us to prevent stress, uh, to prevent stress, to have stress management and then burnout. Um, I, I do want to ask you on the last one with burnout, let's say someone's out there and they've already reached that point, right? They, they didn't know, or maybe they didn't do any of those proactive things and they are at the, I can't even. I just want to run away. Uh, there's got to be more to life than this. If they're at that stage of burnout, what's their next step? Where do they go from here? Because you you said you believe that people can recover 
how do we recover from burnout? First, I want to say I see you and I've been there more than once. And burnout can be for different reasons. And I, since I've been there more than once, has been for more than one reason. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there is hope. There is healing. But it's going to take time. It's not going to happen overnight. And you really need support and help to do that. So whether it's coming to me, I do one-on-one coaching, I do workshops or someone else. There are plenty of other people that work in this field. You need to find the person that's the right fit for you. Mm -hmm. Who's going to walk with you through this and help you holistically looking at this of, all right, have you been to the doctor recently? Is there anything physically going on that is playing into this? Can I stop you right there for a minute? Because you are raising a great point. There are a lot of coaches out there, a lot of programs out there. If you just do my 12-step program and it is surface level, it is not the whole person. And what you just started with is such an important point. Don't look for the magic pill, guys. It's not out there. It's holistic. So continue on, you know, find someone that's going to help you start with the whole self. Find someone who you can connect with, who's going to look at the whole picture, be patient with yourself. It's going to take time and it's going to be one little piece at a time, but you're going to start seeing glimmers of hope. I had to battle through on my own and figure it out and like spend lots of money and try all different things. And the thing is, it's, there's not a one size all fits all Mm -hmm. solution. Um, you need someone who's going to look at all those pieces and help you find what works for you. And if you're like, this didn't work one, are they going to look at, at it to make sure that you were actually applying whatever it was you were trying? Have you tried it for long enough? Because we need to build consistency. And like I was saying before, we need to build habits Yeah. and are they walking with you through this? Are they available to mm-hmm. you and are you committed to your healing and your health and wholeness and the other piece i want to hit on is especially in education there's this i need to get out of education like i can't do this anymore Run! i can't stay <laughs> so yeah exactly yeah. if it's your time to leave education go okay it's never been my goal to leave education my goal was to help those who are there be able to stay and to have hope. Mm-hmm. But if you leave, whether whatever industry you're in, if you're like, I just cannot take it anymore. I need out. Remember you go with you wherever you go. And I was actually talking to someone who burnt out in the corporate world, went to education. It was great until it wasn't. And she burnt out again because she hadn't done the work to address the issues that caused the burnout in the first place. So if you're leaving your industry, make sure that when you leave your, you're going to address what caused you to burn out in the first place. Because if you don't, yeah, you'll be okay for a little bit, but it will come back. Oh, that is such an important truth. We take us wherever we go. So if you're burning out in one place, chances are it could happen again. If you don't do the work to get to the root cause of that. And guys, you know, me on this podcast, I got to throw it out there. A lot of it is going to do the work of just going and crying out to God and and praying about it and asking him to reveal what those root causes are. You know, and a lot of it is going to be the stories that we have in our heads of maybe we're control freaks or our anxiety is out of control. And he is the beginning of healing a lot of those things. So thank you so much for 
tapping into that. That is such an important statement. I take me wherever I go. It's not the it's not the institution. It's not the relationship. If we apply it in that, it's you know not the kids. It's me. So um, thinking about everything you've shared and you've shared so much, what are some key takeaways um, our listeners need to apply to help them grow? not only in leadership, but in stress management and then modeling proper stress management and proactive stress management. One is what you just talked about is the spiritual component of it, of we have to make sure that we're prioritizing our spiritual life first, um, because that can be the first thing to go of Mm -hmm. like, we're not spending time in prayer. We're not, um, spending time in God's word. We're not surrounding ourselves with believers. Um, so make sure that you're prioritizing your spiritual walk. That's obviously not the complete answer, but it is the first answer. If we go to God, um, and then like number one, like I said, you've got to sleep. You've got to start working on that and just, so work on your sleep and do it in small increments. Anything that you tackle, start in small increments so you can see small successes. Um, I use a habit tracker for my clients where they actually rate themselves on the, on the habits that they're working on and the tiny habits, because it kind of gamifies it and helps the brain get that dopamine hit of like, Oh, I did all right. Or, Oh, I didn't do so good yesterday. I'm going to do better tomorrow. Um, and so it helps our brain to develop that habit of like, Oh, I can do this. All right. This Mm -hmm. is a challenge. And and that's another piece of this is challenge versus threat. We want to view things as a challenge rather than a threat. And that affects how our body physically responds. So I'd say, make sure that you've prioritized your spiritual walk prioritize sleep, and then start small building regular, consistent habits. Oh, so good. So good. Thank you so much. You know, now let's take it the opposite. Uh, What is one poor decision that you would warn our leaders to avoid? Like, don't do this. (laughs) Oh, I mean, there's, I've learned from experience of like (laughs) bad things. I would say don't go it alone. Like, especially as you get into leadership, um, it can, we can think we have to do it on our own because we're the leader. And, um, I, I love to listen to Brendan Burchard. He's a high performance coach Mm -hmm. and I've heard him say this so many times. He has a friend. I can't remember who the friend was that said, if, if you're lonely in leadership, you did it wrong. Oh, right. I was like, that's hard hitting. And it can be hard the higher you rise in leadership because within your organization, your peer group starts to get smaller and smaller. Mm -hmm. That's where you have to start to seek out peers and mentors outside of your organization Mm -hmm. so that you are not alone. So I think that would be one of the biggest ones because when we, when we do it alone, we, there are blind spots we can't see. There are things that we don't see coming down the road that if we were in relationship with someone at our level or above us. We, we have to have both. We Mm -hmm. have to have the people that are on the same level with us and we have to have the mentors. And if they're not in your organization, go find one. You need a mentor, go hire one. Like you need those people. And so you, if you're an Island, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. You're really so doing good. it wrong. You need those people. And that takes me back to what you said earlier, right? Y- you want to surround people 
you know, near you that you want to be like, that you want to emulate. So that means a couple of things. You've heard the the phrase, don't ever be the smartest person in the room. (laughs) Surround your friend group. I love that with people kind of going through the same thing at the same level as you are, whether that's season of life, we can do that generically, but definitely find people ahead of you, right? To mentor you. So such great advice. Dr. Naomi Hall, you have given us so many things. Where can our listeners go to learn more about you and your work about stress management? Sure. So I am on social media as the recovering educator. You will see me there regularly. And kind of like what I've shared in here, I share practical tips, practical steps with a focus on my five pillars of sleep, nutrition, movement, hydration, and mindset. That's really what I focus on. And that's what I share there. So you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Facebook as the recovering educator. Um, my email, feel free to email and reach out my website. Uh, my email is the recovering educator at gmail.com. I keep everything in the recovering educator to keep it simple. Although yeah. it's a long email. I um, understand. And, then and guys, my everything recovering educator.com. Okay. Recovering educator.com. And guys, all of this will be in the notes. So you can just click on it there. Even if, you know, if you're a lot of you are driving and listening to podcasts, again, all of this will be in the notes. Um, Dr. Naomi Hall, thank you so much. Thank you for helping us. We know that the work life is so hard with the stress and, but we know that we can say no to no to the good so that we can say yes to the best. And you've given us such great advice on how to do that. Uh, Grow our relationships with God, uh, sleep, move our bodies, drink more water, surround ourselves with people that we want to be like. So such great advice today. I thank you so much. And guys, until next time, continue putting in the work of building your life and leadership on the rocks, the essential rocks. God bless. Remember, the most essential rock you can build your life and leadership on is the rock of Jesus Christ. Today's Bible verse comes from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Hey, it's Bethany again. If you're enjoying the Leadership on the Rocks podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Also, will you do me a favor and rate the show? We hope to earn five stars in serving you in leadership, but through your ratings, it'll help us get the word out about what we do here at Leadership on the Rocks. And if you feel this podcast is helpful, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, your coworkers, or anybody else who wants to grow in their leadership, but also have harmony between their work and home life. Thanks, and I'll see you again in the next episode.